me? This is Edward! What do you want? This is Edward. I know I ask you this like every week, but would you like to ride to church with me? Oh, come on, Mrs. Edwards, you'll like my church. We have some hot music. It may not be what you're bumping at all, but it's hot. We get down. What do you say, Mrs. Edwards? Oh, I suppose. I've heard it said that 80% of first-time church visitors come because someone personally invited them. All people need to feel loved and wanted, and for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edwards, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. Okay, here we are. <laughs> How you like that? Welcome, everyone. Happy Easter to you. It's a wonderful, beautiful Easter day, and we are grateful that you are here today. We welcome you uh, to, our, to our place of worship today. And uh, we hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way on this Easter Sunday. We welcome our guests especially. We are so glad that you are here with us and, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of us as we worship together. And if you're a first-time guest here today, we'd like to invite you to stop by our hospitality table out in, in the foyer. We have a little gift that we would like to give to you before you leave this morning. Uh, just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets that are on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and uh, fill it out and pass it down the row so others can fill it out as well. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, we send out a, a newsletter by email every Thursday. And if you would like to receive that, uh, please be sure to put your email address on there, on there and uh, we would... Uh, be sure to get you on the list to receive that. That's a good way to keep up with the activities we have going on here at Community Baptist Church. We have some things going on uh, this week that I'd like to, to call to your attention. The video that you just saw uh, is really kind of a tease for something that we have coming up. Uh, because beginning on May the 2nd, um, I'm going to be beginning a new Bible study series on Wednesday nights on becoming a contagious Christian. And basically, this is about uh, sharing our faith within the context of our friends and families. It's not one of those hard sell things. It's one of those things where we use the relationships that we already have to uh, feel comfortable in sharing uh, what we believe and what we feel about Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be beginning that on May the 2nd. And so every Sunday between now and then, you'll see another little little clip, a little video. Most of them are kind of humorous. And then as we're into the series, we'll, you'll see a little uh, video of some things that uh, we'll be talking about on Wednesday nights. Also, let me remind everyone that this Tuesday we have our Joy Lunch Group. Uh, that's our senior citizens group, and we invite you all to come. You don't have to be a senior citizen to come. You can all come and be a part of that. That's noon on Tuesday. Uh, it's a covered dish affair, so bring a dish, bring a friend. And this week's, uh, uh, this month's uh, program will be Jeff Porter from the county extension office, and he'll be uh, telling us how we, what we need to do to make sure our plants and our flowers are beautiful this spring. And uh, he's been here before and has a great program, so we invite you to come and be a part of that. One more announcement I'd like to uh, call to your attention. We are, um, we at Community Baptist Church are going to be having a a mission trip this summer from June the 10th through the 16th, and it's called the Extreme Build. And the reason it's called that is because we are going to be joining uh, probably 100 or more people from around Kentucky in Pine Knot, Kentucky, which is in East Kentucky. And in one week's period of time, we're going to build a house. When we get there, we're going to be leaving on Sunday after church, 
And when we get there, there will be a foundation in place. But on Monday morning, we start work. And by Saturday afternoon, we will be handing the keys over to the, the new owners, a worthy family who, uh, who are in need of a new house. And so we're going to be doing that on June the 10th through the 16th. We invite all of you to be a part of that. The cost is only your lodging. Uh, all the other fees are, are, are picked up. All you have to pay for is your motel room while you're there. And you can go for a couple of days. You can go for the whole week. Uh, however long you would like to go. And if you would like to be a part of that, everyone is invited. If you would like to be a part of that, there's a sign-up sheet right back here on that bulletin board, so be sure to sign up uh, before you leave today. And we do need to get this, uh, this settled before the end of the month, so we just have a, a little more time to, uh, to sign up for that. It's great to share this Easter Sunday with all of you here today. It's wonderful to share this time together. It's a, it's a time of love. It's a time where Christ expressed his love for us and that he died on the cross, but that, he, that death did not hold him. He was resurrected on Easter Sunday. And so we celebrate that today. And I can think of no better way to celebrate that than with the people of God. Let me invite you to stand and celebrate the love of God with one another as you greet each other in the name of Christ. Oh, is that a... Thank you so much. What a joy it is to share this time together. As we find our seats, let me invite you to join me in our responsive reading titled Alleluia. It's printed in your Worship bulletin and will also be on the screen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. This is the Easter festival of life. Let us celebrate the birth of the new, the genesis of our recreation in Jesus Christ. In Christ's resurrection, hope triumphs over despair. Love triumphs over hate. Good triumphs over evil. Belief triumphs over doubt. Life triumphs over death. Glory and honor and praise to Christ who lives and reigns among us. Christ is risen.
would like to invite the children to come forward. Thank you. <laughs> he was sneaking up on me. All right. Now, let's see. He went to many places on this journey. And you know why he did this journey? Because he wanted people to believe in him. So in order to do that, he had to do some things that you just shake your head and go, are you kidding me? But one time he went to this wedding. What's a wedding? Yes. And he was at this wedding in Cana. And... There was a whole lot of people there, so they ran out of wine. And Jesus thought, what can I do to make all the people here at this wedding believe I am who I say I am? And I'm going to open this egg, and let's see what number one says here, and see if you guys know the answer. At the wedding in Cana, Jesus turned the water into... Yes, he turned the water into wine. If you saw that happen, do you think you would believe Jesus is who he said he was? Okay. All right. I think you're right. Goodness. And then he traveled and traveled and traveled, Jesus did, and he met a lady at a well, and he did some things there. And then he went to Galilee. That's where he stopped next, Tegan. He went to Galilee. And there was this man. He was an official. That's like the president or something. And his, Gracie, his son, was very sick. You know what happened? Do you want to open this egg, Gracie, so you can see what happened? I asked Gracie this time. Come on up, Gracie. Let's see what happens in the story next. This guy's son was very, very sick. Let's see what this says. You know what Jesus said to that man and his son? He said to his son, get off your mat and you can walk. Now, this son had been sick for a long, long time. Do you really think Jesus could do that? No. No. He did. That was a miracle. Okay. All right. And then you know what Jesus did? Thank you, Gracie. You can have a seat now. Well, let's see here. Look, Miss Mary wrote all these notes down. And um, then he went to Lake Galilee, and he went to what's called the Passover Festival. Now, remember, we talked about at the Passover Festival, um, there were so many people there. I hear noises. And Jesus had to feed all these people. Okay? There were five thousand people there. Do you think your mom could cook for five thousand people, Tinley? Abby, you think your mom could cook for five thousand come on, Jessica, what's wrong with you? You don't think so? Well look what Jesus did. Let's see if I can find the third clue to our story. I got this one, but thank you. Alright. You know what? He had to feed how many people? Five thousand. But you know what? He only had five loaves of bread. Solomon's five loaves of bread and what, Jerry? And how many fish? 
Dane? Two. Okay. What happened then, you guys? Okay. Now, Jesus took five loaves of bread and two fish, and he turned it into enough to feed 5,000 people. Hmm. Do you think a normal person could do that? I don't think so either. All right. Last clue for our story, and then we'll finish up. I am multitasking a lot this morning here. All right. Dr. Tim is going to talk about resurrection. Now, I know in Miss Lana's Sunday School lesson that she just talked about resurrection. Who was a good listener in Miss Lana's Sunday School? All right, Sydney, tell me. What does resurrection mean? Pardon? Was anybody, do you remember, Sierra, what Miss Lana talked about resurrection mean? What's it mean? Do you remember? They took him off the cross, they put him in a tomb, and then what happened? What? This chemical Mary and the other Mary went to the end. And that's what we're celebrating today. You guys notice that the cross has been purple, but now look at the cross. It's white. It's a brown cross with a white cloth. That means Jesus has come out of the tomb, and we're celebrating that he's back with us. Okay? All right. Now, I need you all on your bottoms, and we'll finish up, because I want to tell you something really special. Dr. Tim's going to talk about Jesus is calling your name today. Okay, now what's that mean? You think Jesus is on the telephone this morning? You think he's calling your name? All right, to get eternal life, do you think Jesus wants you to do things for other people and be Christ-like? Okay, do you think when you have to sit out here a little bit longer today because you're going to sing with the choir, do you think that may be something Jesus is telling you inside that he wants you to sit out here? I think so too. Now, you guys, I only have four eggs here, so I don't have enough for all of you, but guess what? Look at, all, look at all the people out here. Do you know what? On our Easter Fest, how many of you came to Easter Fest last Saturday? You didn't, but I'm glad you're here today because these people donated so many eggs and so much candy that I talked Dr. Tim into letting us have an Easter egg hunt after service today. And some of the older guys have already hid the eggs. And I know you didn't bring baskets, but I have sacks. So we're going to have an Easter egg hunt right after the service, okay? Now, usually this is the time we go back to children's moment, I mean children's church, but today we're going to go back to our front row and with real eggs. Thank you, guys. Go back to your seats. We're not going to children's church right now. Today's scripture will be read from John chapter 21 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the, from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. 
Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying there with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in. Then he saw and believed, for as yet they did not reach the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying there with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in. Then he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. And the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And then she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They had taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. But when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know what it was, that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Suppose him to be the gardener. She said to him, Sir, if you had carried him away... Tell me where they have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rehabeni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to, and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he, that he had said these things to her. Amen. Heavenly Father and our loving God, we just thank you this Easter day with its promise of new life and new opportunities. We just ask that you take our gifts that we give to love and to serve you and to witness to Christ whom you have raised. And in his name we pray. Amen.
Wow. And I have to follow that. (laughs) Hey, thanks, kids. Thank you. What a wonderful job. And thank you all, too. Great. Al Smith was once the governor of New York. And as he was making his first tour of the famous Sing Sing prison, the warden asked him if he would address the inmates there. Well, the governor was taken by surprise by this. He hadn't planned on making a speech or anything, but he agreed. However, his awkwardness showed up when he began his address like this. He said, my fellow citizens. And then he stopped. He wasn't sure if inmates actually had all the rights of citizenship. So he he changed his course and he said, my fellow inmates. Well, everybody laughed and they tried one more time and he said, well, anyhow, I'm glad to see so many of you here today. As if his audience had a choice. Well, you had a choice to be here today, and I'm glad to see so many of you here this morning. And where else would you be on Sunday morning, on Easter morning, on the golf course or in the comfort of your bed? Well, you could be. But I'm glad that you chose to be here in this sacred place to give thanks to God for Easter. You know, we live in a strange world, don't we? And even Easter is not exempt from some of the fads that sweep through our country. Um, I read a story in Reader's Digest a while back about something that happened one Easter. It seems that the pastor had called the children down front for a children's moment, kind of like what we had here just a few moments ago. And as you know, you never can, you never know what children are going to say when, when you ask a question. Uh, you never know what's going to happen there. And the pastor called the children down front and he told them the story of Easter. He told them about how Jesus had been crucified by the Romans and his body was placed in the tomb. And the front of the tomb was covered with a stone. But on the third day, the pastor said the stone was rolled away and Jesus was not there. And then the pastor turned to the children and asked, do you know what happened next? And one little child shouted out and said, Jesus turned into a zombie and went after the Romans. (laughs) Well, that's not exactly how the story goes. I'll admit that that maybe uh, that may be how some modern storyteller would reinterpret it. But Jesus did not turn into a zombie and he did not go after the Romans. The real story is much more beautiful than that. Early on Sunday morning. While it was still dark, a woman named Mary Magdalene came to Jesus' tomb. Mary was one of Jesus' most prominent converts. Tradition tells us that she had been a prostitute. The Bible does not say that. It only tells us that Jesus had delivered her from seven demons. We don't know what those demons were, but we do know this. Mary Magdalene was thoroughly converted. Jesus was her Lord and Master. In fact, of all the characters in the New Testament, Mary Magdalene is the only person mentioned in all four of the Gospels as having been at the cross until the very end. She saw his agony. She heard his cries. She watched all the hope drain from his face. She heard his last words, his last gasp. Most of the male disciples were in hiding. Even Jesus' brothers and sisters were nowhere to be found. But there at the foot of the cross, Mary Magdalene stayed faithful to the very end. And now it's the morning of the third day. And we find Mary Magdalene making her way to Jesus' tomb. She discovers that the stone has been rolled away from the entrance and the body of her master is missing. She ran to two of Jesus' closest disciples and told them that someone had, had taken the body away. 
And I want you to notice that she she doesn't even mention the possibility of resurrection when she talks to them to them. And neither do they. It's important for us to understand that Jesus' friends and followers, even Mary Magdalene, were totally taken off guard by his resurrection. Even though he had tried to prepare them for it, the idea was simply too big for them to get their, their mind around. But the two disciples ran to the tomb and confirmed what Mary had told them. The body was gone. And since nothing more could be done, the men went back home. And now Mary stands alone outside of the tomb, crying. As she weeps, she bends over to look once again into the tomb. But but this time she sees two angels seated where Jesus' body had been. And they say to her, woman, why are you crying? And she said, they have taken my Lord and, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, Mary turned around and and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize him right away. And we can understand that. She had tears filling her eyes, blurring her vision. And so he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And, And thinking that he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and and I'll go get him. And then Jesus said to her. Mary. Mary. At the sound of her name, Mary Magdalene was brought back to reality. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Ravani, which means teacher. Crying at the tomb. Many of you have been there, haven't you? A parent, a spouse a friend, perhaps even a child, you've stood there by a tomb and you have wept. And perhaps you wept so hard that you couldn't even sense the presence of the Master standing right beside you seeking to comfort you. But now here, here you are seeking as we all do to hear your name called and to experience the kind of transformation that Mary experienced. To have the fog of doubt lifted from your mind and to know that the good news really is true. Jesus Christ lives. And because he lives, you and I can receive the gift of eternal life. You know, it's natural for us to have these kinds of yearnings. Even the most skeptical among us still have a a glimmer of hope that the Easter story is true. That Christ really has been raised from the dead. Some of you may be familiar with the name Ray Kurzweil. Kurzweil is a a brilliant scientist and an inventor, and he has a great deal of influence concerning the thoughts about the future of humanity, particularly as it relates to the rapid increases in the power of computers. He was featured recently on the cover of Time magazine with an article titled 2045, The Year Man Becomes Immortal. Now, Kurzweil claims no religious affiliation, no belief in God, and yet Kurzweil hungers for immortality. And one of the motivations for his work is his dream of resurrecting his own dead father. This is no joke. This is his dream. This is what he wants to do. He hopes one day to not only avoid death himself, but he also wants to reconnect someday with his dead father by somehow resurrecting him through the wonders of science. You know, it's a shame that this brilliant scientist is not able to, to relax and to believe, that, believe the good news of Easter. You see, Christ has already provided a way for him to reconnect with his Father. And it has nothing to do with complex algorithms or computer programs. There's nothing virtual about it. It's real. As real as life itself. Jesus was raised from the grave. Crying by the tomb. Many of you have been there. Ray Kurzweil has been there. And even the most skeptical among us still have that glimmer of hope that the Easter story is true. That Christ really has been raised from the, from the dead. 
Mary Magdalene was there crying by his tomb. And the master spoke her name, Mary. And my friends, it was when she heard Jesus speak her name that the veil of doubt was lifted. There's an enchanting myth from the time of the ancient Greeks. It's a story about the beautiful Helen of Troy. You may remember the words used to describe her. Hers was the face that launched a thousand ships. But there's another legend about Helen from later in her life. It seems that at one point Helen was captured and carried away from her home. And she became the victim of amnesia. She couldn't remember who she was and neither could she remember that she had once been queen. And and because she can't remember anything and there was no one there to remind her, she had to survive in in this strange place. She she didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to survive. And and she, she succumbed to a survival technique. She became a prostitute. Meanwhile, back in her homeland, Helen's friends didn't give up hope of finding her. And one friend in particular goes in search for her. He finds himself wandering around the streets of a strange city. And and he comes across a a wretched old woman in tattered, tattered clothing. It is Helen. Time has not been kind to her. Her face is deeply lined with wrinkles. But there's there's something familiar in her eyes and Believing that he recognizes her, this this friend walks up to her and asks, What is your name? What is your name? She gives a name, but it was not Helen. Then he says, May I see your hands? And because he, he remembers that there are some very distinctive lines in, in Helen's hands. And so she holds her hands up in front of his face. And he can't can't believe his eyes. Helen, he exclaims, it's you. I found you. You are Helen. And at the sound of her name, Helen begins to remember. The fog begins to lift from her mind. She she recognizes her name and and she senses something familiar about the one who has spoken it to her. She falls into her friend's arms, weeping with gratitude and she, she was restored to the throne where she was meant to be. It's only a myth, of course, but it reminds us so much of Mary Magdalene's experience. Even though her grief had blinded her to his presence, when Jesus spoke her name, she knew who it was. Have you ever heard Jesus speaking your name? I believe he is speaking it right now. In Acts 14, Paul tells us that God is constantly revealing God's self to those who would see him. And God is speaking your name to anyone who will listen to him. My friends, if you are crying on the inside this morning, then wipe your tears for a moment And listen, God is here. Jesus is alive and He is speaking your name today. And He is saying to you, it's all real. I am with you. I have conquered death. Mary was crying by the tomb and the Master called her name just as Christ is calling your name today. And something dramatic happened in Mary's life. Mary would never be the same again because you see, she was the first human being to know for certain that Jesus Christ was alive. What a wondrous thing that would be. Many of you have heard me quote Tony Campolo. I have spoken of of him many times in the past, and some of you are probably familiar with his famous sermon titled, It's Friday, But Sunday's Coming. Anybody ever heard that? I know some of you have. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. 
It's a, a sermon that's based on a, another sermon that he once experienced at his church in West Philadelphia. Now, Tony Campolo is the only white member of a 2,500-member congregation uh, of African Americans. And, and, and Campolo notes that African American congregations and pastors have their own unique and, and, and wondrous approach to the gospel. And of course, Campolo has been deeply affected by this approach. He says that he remembers then uh, when he went to his first black funeral. He was 17 years old. And a friend of his named Clarence had died. And the minister was magnificent at this funeral. Tony Campolo describes the preacher like this. He says he preached about the resurrection and he talked about life after death in such glowing terms that I have to tell you, even at the age of 17, I wished I was dead just listening to him. <laughs> then he came down from the pulpit and he went over to the, to the family and he spoke some words of comfort to them. And then last of all, he went over to the open casket and for the last 20 minutes, he preached to the corpse. Can you imagine that? He just yelled at the corpse. Clarence! Clarence! He yelled. And he said it with such authority, says Campolo, that I wouldn't have been surprised if he hadn't answered. Well, Clarence, the preacher said, you died too fast. You got away without us thanking you. And then he went down a litany of beautiful, wonderful things that Clarence had done for other people. Then he said, that's it, Clarence. When there's nothing more to say, then there's only one thing to say. Good night. Now, this is drama, says Campolo. White preachers can't get away with this. You see, the preacher grabbed the lid of that casket then, and he slammed it shut. And he said, good night, Clarence, good night. And then as he slammed that lid shut, he pointed to the casket and he said, good night, Clarence. Because I know, yes, I know that God's going to give you a good morning. And then the choir stood up. And they all started singing on that great getting up morning, we shall rise, we shall rise. And people were up on their feet and they were in their aisles, in the aisles, hugging and kissing each other and dancing all over the place. And I was up with them and dancing all over the place, too, says Campolo. And I knew right then and there that I was in the right kind of church, the kind of church that can take a funeral and turn it into a celebration. That's what faith is all about. It's about the promise of eternal life. Death does not threaten us anymore. And I don't think I can express it any better than that. And so, folks, if, if in your heart for any reason today you are weeping by a tomb... And not just the tomb of a family member or a good friend. Maybe it's the, the tomb of a lifelong dream or the, the tomb of disappointment or, or despair. Maybe it's the tomb of heartbreak or rejection or the tomb of fear and frustration. But folks, if, if you are weeping by any kind of tomb this day, listen to this good news. Jesus is calling your name. He is here with assurance. The gospel is true. Jesus is alive. And because He is alive, you too can live. Mary heard the Master speak her name and through her tears she knew He is alive. And He is alive today and forever. And because of that, we can live the abundant, eternal life that He has promised to us. Praise be to God. Amen.
We're going to sing number 176, Fairest Lord Jesus. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the moving of God's Holy Spirit in your life today. And maybe Jesus is calling your name today. There's no maybe about it. Jesus is calling your name today. It's a matter of if we're listening and if we are willing to answer the call of Christ. Perhaps you hear that voice of Christ today in your ears and in your heart. And that voice of Christ is nudging you to commit your life to him. To the eternal abundant life that he can give to you. Commit your life to following the ways of Jesus. Commit your life to eternal resurrection. And it's available for you because Christ was raised. If you've never made that commitment today, I invite you to come down here and to say, that's what I want. That's what I want today. I want that resurrected life that Jesus has for me. And I want to give my life to to him. We invite you to do that. If you're looking for a church home to be a part of, we invite you to come and unite with our church. You just come forward and tell me that. That's all it takes. Maybe you have been standing at the tomb weeping, struggling with issues in your life, and you need some prayer. We invite you to come and we will pray. If God is dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing Fairest Lord Jesus. Would you come? Oh God, we praise your holy name today. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ with hallelujahs. We rejoice that you were victorious over sin and death. And because of your victory, we too have abundant eternal life. Bless us with your Easter spirit as we leave this place today. May we not leave you here, but take you with us into every aspect of our lives. And may we always listen for your calling. You're calling our name. And may we live in the joy of your resurrection. Amen. At this time, I would like to invite anybody who would like to sing the Alleluia Chorus with us to come on up. We've got sopranos and tenors, altos and basses. Come on, tenors.
Happy Easter, everyone.